I'm Matthew Woods, host of Leading Out of the Woods, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Nicola Shira is an artist. She uses several mediums like poetry, film photography, and oil painting. She shares her emotions that will break your heart. Today, we are focused on her book, A Life Cycle, A Guide to Healing and Rediscovering Yourself. Her book has helped her deal with childhood trauma, a sexual assault, and it's helped her feel joy again. Incredible book. It's powerful, and you will not want to put it down. Thanks for listening. And uh, by the way, you know, it would be so cool if, uh, you know, I ask this a lot, but uh, it's not that much, is it? Could you go to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash reviews and uh, leave a review for me? That would be so awesome because it helps me get discovered in the uh, podcast zone. <laughs> Thanks so much. I appreciate you. You're awesome. Enjoy the show. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Nicola Shira is an artist whose main mediums are poetry, film photography, and oil painting, but she has a habit of dabbling in whatever sparks her creative juices. Switching between mediums of expression, Nicole tries to connect readers to intimate moments, feelings, and relationships experienced throughout life. She wants to break your heart with the raw emotion that her pieces evoke. She hopes you find joy in that heartbreak, as she always does. Nicole has a unique background of being raised by a psychologist, backpacking around more than 15 countries by herself, attending Roehampton University's Creative Writing Poetry MFA, volunteering with SURJ and other grassroots organizations that have all synthesized to give her broad understanding of people's individual struggles and how to capture them in art. Nicole loves to hear feedback and reactions, so please feel free to comment or contact her, and I'll give you all that contact information a little bit later in the show. Today, we'll focus on her book, A Life Cycle, A Guide to Healing and Rediscovering Yourself. A little bit about life, A Life Cycle. A Life Cycle, Nicole Ashira's debut book, follows the introspective process of transformation after emotional hardship through poetic language. Ashira serves as a guide through the sections of her book while also allowing the readers to see the words as their own. A Life Cycle is broken into sections after a traumatic event that represents the final tipping point. What follows is the shattering, a deep dive into the suffering of fully losing one's sense of self and safety. The healing, a journey through processing layers of trauma to reach the root hurts of childhood. Light shines through an exploration of reigniting hope and learning to find joy. And the loving, a discovery of what love is and how the act of loving has much more to do with oneself than the person receiving the love. This book transcends the genre of poetry because of its ability to universally help people process and name feelings that often elude words. This book is for anyone developing, hurting, healing, or becoming new versions of themselves. She knows this because that is exactly what she was doing when she wrote it. Healing childhood trauma, processing a sexual assault, and learning how to experience joy. Nicole, thanks for joining me today. Say hi to everyone. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. 
Well, glad to have you here. And uh, Nicole, first, let's talk about this that I read in your bio. Nicole Ashira is an artist whose main mediums are poetry, film photography, and oil painting, but she has a habit of dabbling in whatever sparks her creative juices. I love this. Talk about you and the mediums that you use. Well, um, I really care about capturing emotional journeys and just kind of really complex, um, introspective feelings. And I find that, you know, normally my poetry or my photography or the paintings I do are the best mediums for me to capture it. But I definitely like, I care more about getting the message and idea out into the physical world than I do about any one medium. Very cool. Very cool. So it, it, it's just neat that I love the way you said it. And it's, it's cool that, uh, that you do that. You use different mediums like that. So very nice. So could you take a moment to explain what inspired you to write a life cycle, a guide to healing and rediscovering yourself? Yeah, well, it was written on accident, kind of, I guess. Um, there was no intention when I was writing it, because basically I've been a poet for six plus years, and I always keep a physical journey journal on me. Um, just so anytime I'm inspired, whatever like things I'm going through in life, I can write about it. And normally like I'll take a few pieces from it for sure. But basically what happened is I had one of the craziest, most transformative years of my life. And I had written in my journal the entire time and I finished the journal. And when I was reading back over it, I was so stunned because I kind of thought I hadn't written anything of substance. And then when I read it all back together, especially in a new point in my life, I was able to see how, how much I had grown, but how much that there was this kind of universal sense of change and growth in the words that I had written and that it could really connect with people that are going through all different things. So then I was like, Oh, let's make a book. <laughs> well, that's excellent. That, that, you know, and it's, just as a side note, I mean, you really um, hit in the heart, you hit in the head. I mean, you just, you, you really kind of uh, connect with the feelings of the reader. And uh, it's a very cool. Um, you know, in, in the beginning of the book, in the space reserved for a dedication, you said, for the little girl who thought she'd feel sad forever. Why'd you include this in the beginning of a life cycle? I think for me, this book was even though I had gone through multiple changes and periods of growth um, and like had conquered depression and other mental health stuff at different periods of my life. Um, it was really both when I finished writing this book and when I was putting it together that I was able to really look back and recognize how much I had grown and trust that that's going to keep happening and I'm going to keep growing and changing. And I don't ever have to fear of being stuck in a miserable place forever. Gotcha. You know, as someone who doesn't, uh, as a, 
I used to not pay attention to stuff in the front of books, <laughs> you know, especially when I was in college, you know, you kind of go, Oh, I, the professor only assigned uh, chapter one. That doesn't, that's not the preface or anything else. And I grew up a little bit. I, I read it everything now. And, uh, um, and that really kind of struck me there. So I appreciate you uh, sharing that. Uh, you know, your book is poetry and, you know, it's not titled for the most part, the, the different poems. Um, they're in their different sections and such. You know, can you share with us why you chose to write using poetry and why you didn't use titles? Yeah, well, I've written in a lot of different forms, but I always really come back to poetry because, as I said earlier about being an artist, for me, it's really about getting the message across more than any technical terms or ways of doing the craft correctly. And so what I love about poetry is you get to choose every word, every comma, every anything is solely to get the intention across. And I don't have to worry about sentence structure at the same time or what is like in literary wise, I guess, of like cultured people. (laughs) Um, Okay, so that was the poems. And then they don't have titles kind of further expanding on that point where I really believe in every single word having a purpose and contributing to the whole meaning of the poem. And with most of these works, they're not really individual pieces. It's really about reading the book as a collection. And so I didn't want to take readers out of the experience by like, flipping a page and being like, title, poem, title. Because I've definitely found that sometimes it can take me out. So that's why most of the poems aren't titled in my book. You know, one of the things that uh, I think it does is it allows you as a reader to focus on the words. And also um, by using poetry, it allows the, the reader once again to kind of feel the emotion of the words because of how they're put together and, and uh, some a little longer, some a little shorter type of vignettes, but you feel, um, at least I thought that I, you know, feeling what the writer's talking about. And uh, so uh, that's awesome. I, you know, there are five parts in a life cycle. And first there's a beginning that's not labeled. The shattering, the healing, light shines through, and the loving. Could you specifically talk about what you're referring to in the section light? shines through. I know I read a little bit about it, but I was wondering if you could talk a little bit further about it. I love that question. No one's ever asked me that. Um, So for me, light shines through both the title hints at, you know, we always talk about hardships of as us breaking as humans or whatever, our heart broke or this kind of idea of us not being whole. And normally we talk about wanting to be whole or wanting to heal and fix everything back to normal. And I kind of wanted to think about how, you know, we break, but through that breaking, this new beautiful thing is created, you know? And so it's not about going back to that perfect whole vase. It's about, okay, there's, there's cracks, but, now the light filters through in a new way and you can look at it and see shadows and edges that are slightly different. And so I think that's kind of what this section was is, you know, 
not all the pain is gone. You know, it's still there. You still have moments where you dip into these shadows, these darkness, um, this, these dark thoughts, but you know, there's still this element of beauty and learning to find joy again and to love life and embrace it. And so, yeah, that's why I think it's kind of representative of. Excellent. I appreciate you sharing that. That's, uh, that's, I like all of that. I love the title or the section. I, I shouldn't even call it title, the, the, what the section's called and then what follows underneath that, uh, in that section. So um, nice. Thank you. Uh, so I have to ask this, you know, you, you had some uh, pain, some painful events and uh, did, did the writing of your, uh, you know, of, of a life cycle help you deal with it? Yeah, definitely. I think I'm a big believer that everyone should have some kind of creative outlet because I think having any kind of space where you can fully let yourself go is just so vital to the processing any kind of emotion fully. Um, I had been in therapy for years before that. And obviously like during this hard year, you know, my therapist and friends and family were really helpful, but I think my writing was a space where I could explore feelings and thoughts that I didn't quite know how to vocalize yet. Like, it's almost like I got to play around with it before I was able to be like, yeah, this is what I mean. Now I can tell my therapist what that feeling actually is. And so, yeah, it was very, very vital for me. Gotcha. That's uh, well, that's cool that you're able to find that way to, to, to deal and, uh, you know, and, and, I guess vent and uh, and not only that, but to express your thoughts. So the uh, um, I got to ask you this. I mean, who do you think should read? Who who should read a life cycle? Who who are you thinking about uh, um, that this that your book would help or be impactful to? I think everyone should. Um, not I should say not from a place of conceitedness. <laughs> I more mean that I recognize that no matter what, there's always going to be people that don't connect with a certain piece of art or writing. I do understand that, but I have never seen this book as being for a certain age group or for someone who has experienced one particular life experience because, you know, we have all had pains and hurts and moments where we've reinvented ourselves moments where we've been lost and had to take the next step forward. And so I really think that this book has the ability to connect with anyone, no matter their experience. It's really just if the person wants to connect to their own experiences and go through that journey. Cause I've, I mean, I've seen like 15 year olds really respond to it. 40 year olds and 70 year olds. So it just kind of depends. That's excellent. It's awesome. It's a powerful book. And, uh, you know, I gotta, I, I gotta ask you this, uh, you know, in the last poem, you say this, the hardest thing someone can do is love another person. Now there's a lot more the words that follow it or, um, continue the thought, but I just kind of wanted to stop there and say, could you talk about 
how you brought your book to an end? For me, closing the book really came about in the editing process when I was just reading all the poems that I wanted to include. And it was just kind of clear immediately, I think, because so I don't know how much of that poem I want to spoil because I do kind of think it's a really great thing to come to after you've read the whole collection. But I think that so much of the book is about learning to love yourself. And I think it's very common that before people can really learn to love themselves, they give a lot of love away. And while I don't think that's giving love is a bad thing by any means, I think that, you know, we have this idea that if we give all our love away, somehow we'll learn to love ourselves and like get love back. But I think that's actually not really true. I think once you learn to love yourself, then you can love other people both more fully, but also you, you recognize that you're not just supposed to give your love away. Like you can be kind, but that's not the same as being everyone's rock and person and draining yourself of the things that energize you and make you your happiest. It is a very powerful way to end your book. And um, that's why I only put in one of the, you know, the the beginning sentence of it, because I didn't want to give that away either. And, uh, and it's, it really is a power. I just, it was a great way to end the book. I I think that's my best, my best um, way of saying it right there. And uh, um, it's, it's um, good stuff. I, you know, Nicole, I got to ask you this because your book is poetry. And I mean, did you have any unique challenges in trying to get uh, your book a life cycle completed and published? Um, I mean, I did have a lot of challenges. I'm not sure I had much challenges relating to it being poetry for getting it together. I think a lot of the marketing aspect was a lot harder because it's poetry. You know, it, it's definitely a term that can easily scare people off, um, both like readers and also, you know, book experts. They're like, oh, poetry doesn't sell like that. You know, you have to do everything really differently versus traditional books or basically books that aren't poetry of any kind. Um, and so I, I did really have to fight for my book to be like, hey, like, this isn't just for people that like poetry. You know, it really can, like I've, I think one thing I'm really proud of is how much I've seen people that aren't poetry people at all respond to my work and be like, oh, I, I really, like I got this or like it, it stirred something in me and I was really surprised. That's cool. I was, I was just curious about that because I can imagine that, uh, um, just like you said, that uh, uh, whether you would get some interesting reactions from a uh, publicist or, or such or, or you know, and, and just the marketing of it to, to figure it out. I got to tell you, it reads very well and it is very powerful and it is it is easy. I mean, I, I mean, I guess this says it all. I didn't uh, I had to make myself stop at one point and kind of think because I was just kind of reading continuing to read and and want to know 
where you were going with what you said and such. And I, it's, I think it's a very powerful and powerful book. And your thoughts and ideas come through loud and clear. So kudos to you. Thank you. You know, Nicole, before we close, could you let everyone know where they could connect with you or uh, learn more? Yeah. So I have a website where you can check out all my different mediums of art and what I'm doing. Um, it's just my name, nicolashira.com. And um, I'm most active probably on Instagram or TikTok. And again, if you know my name, Nicola Shira, you can find me on most social medias. Excellent. And I'll have all of that uh, in the show notes. So it'll be easy for uh, the listeners to, f- to find you out there and, uh, and reach out and connect with you as well as uh, find your book too. So good stuff. I, you know, I got two last questions that I just like to ask my guests uh, and Nicole, and here's the first one. How do you keep going when so much is going on that you may want to quit? Um, I definitely think, you know, circumstances of that question depend, but for me, I think the two biggest things is I try to focus on any little moment of joy. Like it's very important to me when I'm having my worst days to, you know, just appreciate like a snack that I'm really enjoying or like the perfect, like, or like even like you think you're about to like knock over a cup and you like save it. Like that will be the kind of thing that I try to really hold on to. Um, and then kind of on the flip side, I also just try not to take all the stress and bad things too seriously. Like I kind of, I separate myself a bit from like disappointing news. Like I'm just like, Oh, Oh, well, we'll move on. There'll be another cup that I catch that I can feel great about. And yeah. Excellent. Excellent thoughts and advice. That's uh, because there's a lot of people that need to think about some of that type of stuff, like catching that cup or, or whatever it is (laughs) that makes them, I I think it's, it's right on the money. I mean, the idea of, you know, it could be worse. So Think about that, what you did, and then it all went well. So, yay. <laughs> I like that. Good stuff. I, last question for you, Nicole. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it, and what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? I do. He is actually mentioned in my acknowledgments in my book. Um, and he has – I've probably, like, sent him so many, like, glowing messages of how much he's – meant to me that at this point, I think he'd probably just get annoyed. But, um, my, um, I went to middle and high school like combined. And so he was my English teacher in both middle and high school, as well as my creative writing teacher for an elective I took. And his name's Mr. Ronkin. And he, I would say to him just that you know, he totally changed my perspective on, I guess, like what I could do and who I could be because he really gave me a space where I felt appreciated and that I was really, really shy. And so he was really good at like never making me feel bad about that and taking the time to slowly bring me out of my comfort zone and make me see like 
that I could be proud of my writing and that I could pursue it. Excellent. Thanks so much for sharing that. I, you know, Nicole, it, it's awesome talking with you. I can't thank you enough for sharing your book, A Life Cycle, A Guide to Healing and Rediscovering Yourself. Your, po- your poetry is heart-rending, thought-provoking, supporting, and inspiring. I wish you the very best in all you do. Thank you so much. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators, podcast by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.